Hello and welcome to the Transatlantic Soccer Podcast, episode numero ocho. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we're back again, episode eight. Uh, Alejandro, how how have you been past uh, past week or so? Good. Uh, been watching Arsenal play, so uh-huh. my uh, my blood pressure's all over the place. Uh, blood pressure's all over the place. <laughs> I understand you got the flu as well, so yeah, yeah. it's not a good time to be Alejandro no, at Windsor no. this week. Well, it's always a good time, but. <laughs> Okay, uh, so today's episode, we're just going to have a little chill back session, relax, you know, Premier League overview, f- look at the first round of the Champions League and Europa League games, and then also touch base on the Man City Champions League ban uh, later in the episode. <coughs> first off, let's start with the podcast picks of the previous episode. We predicted the results of Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal, Newcastle and Wolves, Leicester. Alejandro, we both did pretty well. I, I got the correct score and then three points uh, for the Man United game, winning two nil. Uh, you predicted that Arsenal and Wolves would uh, and Wolves and Leicester the correct results for those. Arsenal winning one nil, and Wolves and Leicester uh, drawing. So you got a point for each there. So I've got four points. You got three points going into the second week of that. So we'll touch base on the our latest picks uh, at the end of the episode. But let's jump straight into it. Obviously. February, late February marks the st- uh, the return almost of the Champions League. <laughs> Alejandro, um, so I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but did you see the Chelsea result today? Um, I saw the result, yeah, I didn't watch the game, though. I watched the Barcelona game. I tell you what, Chelsea got exposed, they got, pulled their, got their pants pulled down. Um, <laughs> so in the second half, Serge Gnabry, former Arsenal player, yeah. when it pain, does it pain you to see a, a guy who you let go for free do so well? Well, it's difficult because I don't feel like he ever really got a chance, mm-hmm. and it's like um, I don't I don't know if I'd you know like like in the situation to what happened with like um, Oakley Chamberlain. Yeah. But it's kind of similar, where he's like obviously a, you know a decent player. You know we let him go out on loan a few times, um, whatnot. You know he never really you know made an impact, and then we got rid of him, and he's just kind of gone on from there. So it's just difficult when. You know, we don't give these young players a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, they go on to do bigger things because we could definitely use, you know, someone like Serge Gnabry in the team right now yeah. instead of, like, a Pepe or something That's like that. for Ivorian uh, <laughs> guy. I don't know. Not, not <laughs> yeah. a very good. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, and then also last week there was Atletico 1, Liverpool 0. Uh, some questionable refereeing decisions for sure. But Liverpool having the, the fair share, 73% of possession, led in shots and corners. Do you think the the second leg at Anfield is going to be a different story? Or do you think Simeone might just pull it out the bag? Um, you don't really know with Simeone and, and that team. You know they're they're pretty confident and comfortable with you know very minimal possession, minimal shots. You know, um, minim, minimal attacking, um, and they're just kind of co- comfortable with you know grinding out like a nil nil draw or mm. one nil win, like they did um, um, the last week. So. I don't know. I can. I think it'll be definitely different going to Anfield. It's a different environment, um, and Liverpool is obviously still a really good team. But I wouldn't be surprised if Simeone just packed it in and, you know, tried to get like a nil-nil draw so that they can mm. move on. Definitely be interesting. Um, yeah. For a Champions League night, especially at Anfield, I can't see anything other than a Liverpool win. Like we saw as well. We're going to touch base on Liverpool's recent victory against West Ham, where they came back from two-one down, at home, zero resilience. 3-2 win um, but yeah so definitely I think Anfield Champions League night Liverpool are going to get it done they're going to turn over one goal deficit easy um, Tottenham nil Red Bull Leipzig won T- uh, Timo Werner with the goal 
I kind of I think now we're coming into a stage of the season where Spurs are getting you know I don't know how to describe like you know the Son's injured now for the rest of the season Kane's probably injured for the rest of the season um, you know and then we haven't they haven't really got a de- recognised striker in instead probably Lucas Moore he could shout as a as a striker but other than that they haven't got too many options what do you think of Tottenham's uh, kind of situation right now kind of going into the the pinnacle of the Champions League and the Premier League well it's definitely a difficult time for Mourinho having you know just come in and kind of just just set up the team you know in a, in a way that he wants them playing mm. and then to get you know huge injuries like that with Son and Kane you know and then obviously something's gone wrong with Deli Ali even mm. though you know Mourinho put a lot of faith in him at the mm-hmm. beginning and and you know he said that you know I, I remember him coming out and saying a few times in press conferences you know how just how well yeah. Deli Ali had had been playing and performing so um, it definitely has to be a difficult time, but you know that's just what happens to teams. Uh, you know, you get you pick up injuries. Uh, some teams are lucky, like Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You know, if Liverpool were to pick up an injury to Van Dyke and you know Firmino yeah. or, or Salah, you know, it'd be the same type of story. 100%. So, um, so it's definitely you know something that these teams need to be you know have have previously prepared for. You know, they need to have players on the bench that can come and fill in. Do you think looking back at I think I. Can't, I trying to think how many years he's been there already probably last four or five years but looking at Deli Alley coming back coming from a small team like MK Dons in England to Tottenham has he um, kind of fulfilled his potential uh, as being kind of the next English great kind of midfield talent or has he kind of not reached that pinnacle yet or is he yet to um, I think it's difficult because he's 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 been like spotty I'd say like mm. his, his career there so far you know he'll go on a season where you know he looks he looks like the player that everyone hopes and hopes that he will be, mm-hmm. um, and then he'll go through some patches where he, you know, he barely plays. He's either injured or he's just very inconsistent. Um, but at the same time, I feel like you have to look at like the team around him and kind of their success in, in recent years. And like you know, their, their Champions League success last season was one thing, but yeah. um, I think that you know it's been it's been a rough couple of years with you know no trophies and stuff. So I think it's definitely difficult for. Um, for him to keep performing, you know, at that high level, but I still think, you know, he he's pretty young. How old is he now? I th- I'm just gonna look it up. I was thinking he's about 25, 26. I think he's the same. Oh no, it's 23. 23. Yeah, 23. so he still has plenty of time. Plenty of time. Maybe. I mean, probably that's what we. In, uh, definitely, the English media get kind of confused, <coughs> confuse ourselves around. Almost like he's only just 23. You know, we we re- expect nowadays a, a player to reach their pinnacle and the prime in like a 25 26 so yeah he has got a few more years because he was bought by mk uh, by tottenham from mk dons about 18 so he's obviously been thrown into the deep end from very early on but one thing i'm not very um impressed with is kind of his attitude i think he's 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 like there was a video of him coming off against leipzig and i just <laughs> think he he, he, I mean, he came off, threw a bottle into the uh, into the, the the seating area, you know, where the players, the rest of the players are, the subs, subs bench, and just don't know. He, he, he was throwing boots, cleats around, and everything. I was just not really a fan of that kind of expression. And some guy put it perfectly on Twitter, saying, "I think he's got the aggression of Cristiano Ronaldo, but the talent of Lingard." <laughs> <laughs> I can uh, I can definitely see it. That, I mean, yeah. again, you have to realize that he's young and that obviously these are emotional games mm-hmm. for him, and and to you know to lose to uh, a a team that's you know worse on paper um, yeah. than than the Tottenham team, it must be frustrating. Yeah. Um, you know, especially how again how well they did last season. Um, so. To try to you know keep performing at that level and you know to have results like that must be frustrating. But yeah. at the same time, you know 
He's a professional athlete. He's getting paid millions of dollars to play. And, exactly. You know, his his you know emotions to the game. You know they're not they're not paying him for that. He has to show up. You know you know play play his best and then sit down afterwards and, and mm. wait for the game to be done. Yeah, I think also I think with Deli Ali, I think the the England team is in the back of his mind. Obviously, he has to perform because we have some you know great midfield talent coming through for England now, like Jack Grealish and James Madison, where his place is not guaranteed by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. So. We shall see, but I, I mean, I, I've I've never loved Deli Ali as a, a player or as a kind of a character a personality, but you know, I'm never I'm never against a player getting better and, and proving me wrong. So I definitely hope he he can do that in the, the due course. Uh, but yeah, Leipzig in control that tie with with that one goal away uh, away goal, um, away advantage, and they <coughs> they go back they go back to Leipzig uh, a week two weeks from today uh, from yesterday, and probably will seal that tie. Uh, quick mentions in the Champions League: Atalanta, the surprise package of the competition, beating Valencia four-one. Pretty, uh, you know, pretty pretty good win from them. Um, hopefully, they will proceed through to the next uh, stage. And also, Dortmund two, PSG one. I just want to ask you a question: Do you think Haaland is the real deal? Like, he's obviously been banging goals left, right, and centre for Dortmund and for Red Bull uh, uh, Vienna. Not Red Bull, Red Bull Vienna. Red Bull Salzburg. Sorry. Salzburg. Yeah. Uh, all season long, I think he's got like thirty nine goals in twenty nine games, something ridiculous like that. Is he actually the real deal, or is he just a magical stroke of luck? <laughs> well, I was wondering, you know, the same thing because they, whenever these statistics come up of obviously how many ge- goals scored in yeah. games played, you know, for a player that age, um, every time I thought about, you know, how how competitive was the domestic league, you mm-hmm. know, playing for Salzburg, you know, how many of these goals really against, you know top teams that he's going to be able to you know continue yeah. playing against um but i don't i mean I, he's come to dortmund and i think he's you know proved if there were any doubters you know proved them wrong at least so far mm-hmm. um you know you never know with with form now with young players you know that it, it drops off you know, yeah. all the time um i look at like vinicius a lot yeah remember vinicius was like the next you know neymar and then now suddenly it's rodrigo like yeah. Vinicius just you know not even playing so you never really know with the young players, but I think he, I think he does look good. And yeah. I, think, I think that you know he's a player that 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 team can use, and, and they they make good young talent. What do I, you think? I'm I was about to say I think he currently is is it just in a, on a high of just confidence, and and I think that's the best um, that's, that's the best situation you can be in as a, as a player. You're play, uh, playing regularly, keeping yourself healthy. And you know you're banging goal. Well, for a striker, you're banging goals left, right, and center with true confidence. You've been moved from, you know, an, uh, an average league at best, I'd say, in Austria to one of the best leagues in Europe, mm-hmm. if not the world, in the Bundesliga. Moved to one of the biggest teams in the world, um, top ten at least, Dortmund. And you know you're still banging in goals at however old he is, 19, 20, 21. So, for me, I mean, if he carries on this season, then I'm definitely you've got to reassert that you know assert that he's a a top talent for sure and. I- you know, I'm just, I'm just, I wish United were in for him. I mean, we were in for him, but apparently they took a decision not to not sign him. Which See, was, I think that obviously they had to be in for him, a player at that yeah. type of form at that age. Like the, you know, the longevity of that player's career yeah. at such a top level uh, is huge uh-huh. for the potential of that. But um, I feel like a player like that, like he has to make his move to Dortmund. I think mm-hmm. that was the smartest move for him in his career because yeah. they're known for, you know. Young playing talent. young players, keeping young players in the team, and I feel like when you have a team 
of a lot of young players like that, they mm-hmm. just instantly like mesh and gel better and you know get the best out of each other. Yeah. Um. So you know, obviously San- Sancho is most likely going to leave over the summer. I thought, I think he already said that he was going to destination but, Manchester. Um, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Dortmund two, PSG one. <laughs> Go, go, they go back to PSG <laughs> in two weeks' time, and I fully expect PSG to turn over that deficit, despite I, I agree. Despite Neymar <laughs> going off to the carnival. Um, yeah, <laughs> so we'll see about that. But I think that as good as Holland is, you have yeah. to realize that there's still you know yeah. better strikers, and one of them is you know Kylian Mbappe. Um, yeah, Mbappe, Neymar. Um, but it depends because I think Dort- the thing with Dortmund is you know I, I I keep my eye on the results of Bundesliga, and um, you know you see Dortmund kind of draw into like a mid-table team but then you know turning it on against PSG so mm-hmm. you never know what kind of Dortmund are going to turn up I could be wrong but I fully expect PSG to turn over the deficit and advance to the next stage uh, but yeah let's move on to last weekend's Premier League action Ever- Everton go into the Emirates uh, getting an early goal through Dominic Calvert-Lewin and then just letting it all go and Arsenal winning 3-2 what was your did you watch this game and what was your take on it uh, yeah so I watched most of the game um it's definitely, I'm, I have to say that I like the direction that, you know, the club is going, at mm. least in, in the play style, uh, through Arteta. Um, it's just more, more Arsenal to me. You know, we kind of lost like an identity, um, under the last manager. So I feel like, you know, watching them play now, you know, they, they play the ball about, like they keep the ball like Arsenal is, you know, known for looking for, you know, little interchanges, um. But still, you know, we're terrible defensively. Mm. Still, um, I think that we need uh, a new center back. I don't know what yeah, happened yeah. to Tierney. I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> we signed Tierney. He's, and just, he's yeah. just gone. I don't think he ever showed up. I think he played the grand total of thirty minutes for us. So uh-huh. I don't know what happened to him. Um, we definitely need a new center back. David Luiz isn't cutting it up. Two mistakes as well. Anymore. Two mistakes yeah, against exactly. Everton. Yeah, exactly. He's just. Too inconsistent. I don't know exactly what the thought was signing him in the first place, but mm. um, I do like. However, I do like um, our commitment to playing the young players right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like Saka, obviously, is, yep. he's been playing really good. Um, I, you know, I didn't know, you know, before reading this that he was out of contract this yeah. season. So, you know, hopefully we we re-sign him. But at the same time, he's like a luxury player at this at this uh-huh. point. Like he's a good attacking. Yeah, yeah. yeah wing back but we still like it still holes exactly yeah. who's gonna play you know Kolasinac barely plays and yep. you know he's, he's pretty awful <laughs> so I don't know um I think that you know a new outside outside back a new fullback a mm. new center back I still st- I still think Jack has to go um, <laughs> Ceballos has been putting in some good um performances though so maybe mm-hmm. signing of Ceballos but I think we're doing better. <laughs> yeah, slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Yeah. Well, um, I. Th- yeah, move on to you. Yeah. Uh... Well, I mean, I was I was just going to bring up Saka just for <laughs> just touch on that for a bit. I think Saka, <laughs> he's, I think he's either seventeen or just turned eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, great talent. So that goal against Newcastle the week before when he I think nutmegged um, Lazaro, yeah, the right yeah. back for Newcastle, and then set up. I think it was Lacazette. It was I can't Pepe. remember. Pepe. That was it. And uh, yeah, great, great, great move. And he, uh, yeah, definitely got great talent at such a young age. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's a luxury because he's papering over the cracks almost. Exactly. You know, because he's he, he, yeah. he's playing in a position where he's probably not played much of his career at, at all. I would imagine it's not his, you know, first starting position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, again, you know, he's great offensively. He's on like nine assists now, which yeah. is incredible for 
you know, a young player playing like playing at left back, but you know, we need someone who's going to sit in and, you know, put a role. Like we need a like a world-class player. We don't need like a promising talent. We yeah. Need, you know, someone who's actually going to, you know, put put in a shift. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's go on to a guy who is putting in a shift right yeah. now from for Man United, Bruno Fernandes. Oh, I think I think I've, we've got the, the the trio. We've got the triangle that we need. Oh, yeah. We got Bruno, we got Martial, and then we've got Rashford. And it's just going to be amazing next season when everything falls when into place. When we finish fifth again. When we finish fifth into play, <laughs> you know, finish fifth this season, get into Champions League, win the Champions League. You know how it goes. But no, Bruno Fernandez, one goal, one assist, and he got an assist against Chelsea the previous game as well. So he started off on fire. Um, watching the game, he. All the play, or majority of the play, was going through him. He was dictating where the ball was going to get passed. He was also making runs, uh, get, obviously earning himself the penalty that he took and slotted away perfectly, and then also set up um, Anthony Martial with his goal, which you know was a bit of a nice bit of trickery, and then sending it over <coughs> uh, the goalkeeper Ben Foster. So, um, but he for Martial, I'm gonna I want to ask your your opinion on Martial as well, considering he was 50 million, uh, I think five years ago now, six uh, four years ago. Um, coming in as an 18, 19 year old, um, he's been on and off. And what what would you say in terms of him reaching his potential versus the 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 quality of performances that he's putting in right now? Yeah, so that this is definitely one where I could say you know the the clock is ticking at least for me with on Martial. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It's uh, it's it's frustrating. It's mm-hmm. the best word. It's frustrating to watch him play because he'll be through, you know, one-on-one with a goalie. Yeah. And you have to imagine, oh, you know, he'll slot this home. You know, mm-hmm. this is Anthony Martial. He's going to score this. And, you know, he'll either blow it wide or just have a terrible shot saved. And then yeah. he'll go and he'll score, you know, something ridiculous. Yeah. Like a, you know, a back post header <laughs> against a defender way taller than him. Yeah. Has to be, you know, where does this come from? Where? So, it, for me, yeah, I mean, when they signed him, I'll always remember the goal against um, – Skirtle at uh, oh yeah yeah Anfield. first yeah, first, and, first game. and yeah. uh, that was for me like that was like oh this kid's it you know he's the mm-hmm. real deal but since then I mean he's never like I, he's hit double figures for yeah the season right I like, think so yeah. well I think he would imagine he's on fourteen I think he's already on I mean he's definitely this season he's hitting double figures but, yeah yeah. Um, yeah but it's still like frustrating because you have to look at that you look at those numbers and you say but he hasn't even performed that yeah. well this season you know he's been very often on yeah what about you as as united i'm looking at his last kind of four four years five years at the club i think it's fair to say that probably his first two years wasn't he wasn't being played in his preferred position because i think for me he's definitely the most effective when he's coming down through uh, down through the middle but when you look at the last four or five years we've had ibrahimovic we've had lukaku we've had uh, I don't know, many a man. Rashford's been playing down the middle uh, one, 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 a few times as well. So he's never really had that run of games, but which he is having now and we're seeing kind of results. So I think now that Lukaku, unfortunately, he's gone. Obviously, we don't have Rooney, we don't have Ibrahim, we don't have any of these guys that have played down the middle. He's now the main guy down the middle. He's the number nine. Um, so, yeah, I hope I hope that, that works out for him because Martial, he's got three goals in the last three games. So... Hopefully that form runs and continues into you know the Europa League and the the Premier League, where we could and it's very much possible that we could clinch either fourth, uh, fifth, or even fourth uh, position for mm-hmm. the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, gonna touch. I'm not even gonna waste my breath on Liverpool. You know, no, unstoppable. No, just lucky, a lucky, unstoppable, whatever you want. Resilient. Say, you know. Two one down. 60th minute. I, three I was, two. I was really annoyed watching this game. Yeah. Um, just because I was like, you know, West Ham could yeah. could have won that game. No one was like, expecting that. Tied well. that game at least. Uh, they came out so good, and then 
for yeah. Liverpool just to like, I mean, the third goal where it was like, I, I don't remember exactly what happened. Yeah. It was just like a mess in the box, and then, you know, someone's open for a tap in. David, David Moyes, the, the, the special, specialist in winning, uh, showing again why he is not neither. Why he is the best uh, Premier League manager. Exactly. Uh, but no, so uh, Liverpool now 22 uh, points ahead of the second place Manchester City. <laughs> they could wrap, uh, if the results go in their direct in their favour, they could wrap up the title against Crystal Palace as early as less than a, a month away at March 21st. So that is absolutely crazy. I think that will actually be the earliest a team has ever wrapped up the title as well. Yeah. And they could spend what the the last month and a half just f***ing around and whatnot. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, but yeah, so the fight for second place, I guess you could call it, or the fight to stay in the top four, Leicester versus Man City. Man City getting away with a 1-0 win. Uh, looking at the game, it was kind of a... It was a topsy-turvy game. Neither team controlled the game, uh, you know, too well. But you know, in the end, it's fine margins that win games normally. And Man City won with a, a Gabriel Jesus goal. Um, not much to say again. Just I think Man City now their backs against the wall, and we're just going to move on to that swiftly as well. The backs yeah. against the wall with the whole ban from the Champions League for two seasons. I think. Guardiola said to the players, "Listen, we've got nothing to lose now. Our future is basically in the next three, four months. So, we we will see. Hopefully, yeah, they have to keep getting results. Yeah, help. I mean, that's the best they can do. I don't obviously not going to win the league, but the the best they can do yeah. is win the you know win the win the Champions League because they've you know never done it. But yeah, the news was um, I think a few days after our episode seven went mm. out that Man City were banned or have been banned so far for the, from the Champions League for the next two seasons, uh, 2021 and 21-22 seasons, um, plus a $32.5 million ban. Uh, the facts of the ban are, so that apparently in the statement that UEFA released, there was serious breaches from Man- by Manchester, Manchester City from their, uh, of their financial fair play regulations. The ban was made after an investigation by the adjudicatory chamber of the UEFA's financial control body. So I wanted to ask you a question as well. How how are we supposed to enforce rules uh, such as the fair play regulations when it's the the uh, a body that's attached to the people that make the rules and making the decisions? Surely isn't that a biased kind of yeah know, way to sort see see things out and sort things out? Because I just think that's a bit yeah. Up. Say that say that again. So so but UEFA have this body of called the financial control body yeah. and their edu- ed- educatory adjudicatory uh, chamber um, they made the decision about that the ban about the ban yeah. so they enforced the ban and that's part of so the they UEFA. so they enforce their own internal rules yes. essentially yeah like an internal body yeah enforces their own rules i mean yeah i mean as you know I mean? looking at that at you know surface value that's pretty that i can't see how that would work it's a bit how, weird, they would, how they would be completely unbiased in that situation yeah um so i mean obviously city have the right to appeal and they are they released a statement in which they said they are going to appeal and i'm sure they're going to bring the best heat in the lawyer room world you know what i mean just yeah. turning up with mad lawyers from like, i've been thinking about this james recently. st patrick kind of, <laughs> you know what i'm saying i've been thinking about the appeal recently and i wouldn't be surprised if they could get you know something knocked down yeah maybe you know, maybe down to one season or something. Who knows? If you know, anything. they have so much money. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, it, I've, I've um, a split kind of opinion on this. I think, obviously, City probably will have it either reduced or overturned fully. But I think this shows, in a way, even <laughs> though I don't agree with the process that it is, it's shown that there's, there's action being, 
you know, put towards these guys with the oil rich owners and the teams like Man City and PSG and that kind of ilk. Um, I knew something was kind of going to happen sooner rather than later because Man City were nowhere near going to be able to sustain their amount of spending and in re- in relation to their their um, kind of income incomings and stuff like that. So I was kind of glad to see that happen. Um, in terms of kind of what's going to happen next after this season, if the ban is well, I mean we probably will not stop hearing about this for another year until sure. uh, an actual um, invest, you know the the end of the appeal process and whatnot. But do you think kind of Man City players that haven't tasted kind of Champions League victory success will move on to to, to other teams? Or? Well, that's what I was saying to friends of mine. Was I understand that the whole purpose of financial fair play is to yeah. keep you know, younger clubs from, you know, going into debt mm-hmm. and, and basically ruining themselves. But, yeah. you know, would this type of decision in itself, you know, ruin the potential that, you know, the clubs had going? Because mm-hmm. I, would, I would look at it like someone like De Bruyne, who, you know, 28, I would mm-hmm. imagine, you know, at the, you know, the peak of his career. And, and, you know, if he were to have to sit and miss two seasons of the Champions League, you know, at, <laughs> at his level that he is right now at you know athletic and you know skill skill wise yep. um he's not going to want to do that mm. so i could i could i could totally see if this band were to stay um you yeah. know players like de bruyne who only have you know three four years at their peak mm. peak left um i could see players like that moving unless guardiola can convince them but i could see guardiola yeah. you know jumping ship too i mean he says he's gonna stay he says he's gonna stay but it's i, I don't know it's, it's it's a weird one because obviously we've never seen kind of a situation like this um yeah. i i think that probably the favorite to leave would be raheem sterling because yeah. i think i think he's probably he's another one who i think is older than he actually is i think he's about 26 now mm-hmm. and he's like you like de bruyne he's kind of come into the peak of his powers I think he he deserves more than deserves a move to kind of a Barcelona, maybe a PSG, maybe a. Well, if someone like Leroy Sané is being linked to yeah, Munich. My, you can only imagine where Sterling. I think he's play. already going to go. Honestly, yeah. I think he's he wants to go back home and he's probably got more of a chance to add to <laughs> add to his you know career's silverware with you know a Bundesliga here and there and then possibility of a Champions League because that Bayern team's always strong it's mm, never going to fade gonna, away and they're never going to get something slapped like this on them exactly so um, this brings me back to my point that was you know, I predicted from the start of the season that City are more favourites um, to win the Champions League than Liverpool um, I think this puts just pressure in the way of let's get it sorted let's 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 win this one because we don't know if we're going to do it next season if it, or even if we're going to be in the competition. So I think, you know, Premier League's already sealed. Guardiola's got a, a Carabao Cup semi-final coming up or a final, I can't remember which what, what stage of that right now, but Champions League, definitely. I think the draw's in their favour and I think Real Madrid for City, they're, they're there to be beaten tomorrow yeah. night. So we'll see about <laughs> that. Um, and also, interesting enough, with the whole financial fair play, PSG... Uh, owner who is uh, <laughs> Nasser El Khalifi, if, if I've pronounced that right, he was charged with bribing a, an ex FIFA official called Jerome Valk uh, regarding the 2020 World Cup that was awarded to Qatar, in wow. which in which he was the uh, the chairman of of the campaign, and uh, it was found mm. to ha- he had made a fifty sorry five hundred thousand euro deposit on a villa in Italy for Mr. Uh, Jerome Valk to kind of, you know, as a little parting gift, if you want to call well, it, for, yeah. his, for his vote in the World Cup. So that's another, you know, kind of evidence that football, soccer has been a bit of a 
in a sticky patch right now. Yeah, I mean, you would hope that all this FIFA corruption would have been over, you know, three yeah. or four years ago, but... I mean, I, I mean, I think this did happen, like, kind of as... Uh, what's his name? The the, the guy who was... Uh, not Platini, the ex-FIFA uh, FIFA. It wasn't like, Seth, president. was it? Yeah, Seth Blatter. Yeah. So, but I think this was all happening when Seth Blatter was in charge because I think he was the one that unveiled Qatar as the 2020, yeah. uh, 2022 World Cup. Sorry. Um, uh, so that, so yeah, I think that's what happened all this time. And now it's catching up with everyone. <coughs> so we'll we'll obviously discover more on that. Um, but yeah, this is going to draw us to a close. Let's go for the podcast picks for this uh, weekend's upcoming fixtures. We've got three fixtures to go. We've got Tottenham versus Wolves. Ali, what are your takes on this one? Um, I'm gonna give this one a two-two draw. Two, also, two. okay. Um, or did you give it a three-two? Ah, uh, two-two. I can't read. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, I'm gonna give it a two-one to Wolves. Uh huh. Because I think Tottenham sucks. <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna say. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because I, I, yeah, I, I was thinking Tottenham at home, but Wolves, no real. Injury doubts. Diego Hotter's very much in form right now. Adama Trey always is a th- is always a, th- a threat. Um, Raul Jimenez, yeah, hundred percent. Maybe I might change mine, but I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick two two. So you've got two on Wolves. Um, Everton, Man United. Everton, kind of a famous bogey team for United, especially away f- uh, from Old Trafford. I think I'm going to go for 1-1 with that. Um, as much as I think Martial's in form, uh, Bruno Fernandes has obviously had a great impact for the United team. Um, I just think, uh, way to Everton, we always struggle. I don't know why. So I'm going to go 1-1 with that. What about you? I gave it uh, 1-0 to United. I think Everton's just not a very good team this mm-hmm. year either. Um yeah. Sometimes they come away and you know they'll they'll work hard and, and get a result mm. um, at home. But in Goodison Park is is like a, a good it's a difficult ground to go and play at. Yeah. But yeah, I just think United will be better. Um, I think with with Everton you always kind of, I mean now nowadays I think I lo- always look at Ancelotti and even before the game against Arsenal I was like Ancelotti's going to do something here some some stroke of magic and you know Everton were what two two nil up or two one up. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I was predicting with that. But, yeah, um, yeah, 1-1. Let's go Everton, Man United. Right, last game, Bournemouth-Chelsea. What what you got for this one? I just gave this one a 1-1 one, one, um, draw. Um, I think Chelsea got beat up pretty good. Yeah. Um, today? Today, yeah. Today. So a few hours ago. I think they'll be kind of down on the confidence. Mm. Um, I don't think Bournemouth is, is much of a team. But, yeah. again, these little teams come out and they'll put up you know, a challenge and they'll play. I agree. So Yep. Um I totally agree. Um I think Chelsea right now are struggling for a bit of kind of consistency. Um but yeah, injuries as well to them. They don't know whether their best striker is Tammy Abraham, Giroud or Batsuai. Um but yeah, I've gone one nil Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth, especially at home, can strike up a, a surprise here and there. Um Eddie Howe was always kind of an exciting uh, a manager who's exciting and gets a gets his team playing good football probably at the r- right time. So which I think that they're going to defeat Chelsea one 0 So uh, that brings our episode eight to a close. Uh, thank you for listening. Stay safe. I've been Jacob Robson. I've been joined by Alejandro Wednesday. I will be back another episode nine in two weeks time. Thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs>